Slope, a uh, very sad edition. Um, it's our tribute, as I'm sure everyone knows, to, to Michael Miller, Moose, who uh, sadly passed away um, about a week and a half ago. And, um, you know, we thought we would offer up our memories. Um, you know, as I was just telling Ed, I, I don't think there's uh, any individual the past 40 years who's put more time and energy into keeping uh, the spirit of Swago and Swatoner alive. And uh, so if anyone deserves this tribute, it's, uh, it's definitely Moose. <clears throat> Hey, Ed, you knew him the best. I mean, Howie and I knew him from like, uh, he was our kid. You know, he was so many years ahead of of us during camp that I almost feared him a little bit back then. I was almost like scared of him. And the one memory I always just had of him was doing the the Moosak thing at, you know, what was that during Sagamore? Was that like a second thing? I got it. I got a story. I, I would give that to Alex Swedlow, who was the Ed McMahon to. That's Bruce right. Lee. That's uh, right. No. So you guys tell your stories, man. You guys were like his peers. I'd love to hear everything from your guys' perspective. Well, it's interesting to me that you know he he scared you. Yeah, but, me too. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> I scared you. He could be scary. But, but <laughs> by the way, I can say. With with and Ed can back me up on this. I would say that um, his counselors were scared of him to some degree. Okay. <laughs> Why? Including Roy, by the way, who he was a counselor. I think Roy was his counselor three years, right, Ed? He was well, your yes, he was our counselor for three years. So before, because we should let Alex tell this story, but I do think that Moose could be scary. He didn't. You know, he was just somebody that he didn't. Not in a bad to- way. He didn't have a filter, you know, you know, you know, he wasn't, a, he was so funny. He didn't tell jokes, but like whatever came into his mind, bang, zoom. And he also knew how to cut pretty good. 
not only were younger campers afraid of him, but some of his peers, I think, had a little bit of walking on eggshells mm -hmm. around him. The other thing that maybe some younger campers may have been scared is he used to like to do Bulldog Brower, World Wrestling Federation, and after meals would come out of the mess hall and pick up kids and twirl them around and throw them on the ground. And That'll do it. They would, they would come running back for more, <clears throat> but, you know, he did it. I mean, Alex, I, you, you definitely know the Sagamore story better than anybody. Um, if we're going to jump into stories, um, just to get to Alan's point, um, I think with the exception of, of Dave Blumstein, uh, there was no one more well-known by the entire camp as, as Mike was. Um, the guy was huge in every sense of the word, and he just kind of dominated the place without even... I mean, it never really felt like he was even trying. He was just always there and always in the middle of things. And he didn't have a cruel bone in his body, but he could be really intimidating. <laughs> could be intimidating. Anyway, to get to the Sagamore story, um, Chief Sagamore, as we're, we are all familiar with, with, with that uh, routine. And when I was a first year senior and Mike was a second year senior, somehow he took the mantle of a character that we had created called uh, Musak, which was a twist on the Johnny Carson Karnak routine between him and, and Ed McMahon. So he, he played Karnak and I, was, and I was, you know, his foil. And we spent the day writing jokes for it. You know, the Karnak predicts the answer to a question before the question is asked. So we wrote up, I don't know, like a dozen or so questions for the campfire. And I think Roy was very much involved in the writing as well. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think that, of course. I mean, um, but the, the targets of the jokes were all the typical things, you know, the, the food, uh, counselors, um, activities, and of course, Swatona girls. I mean, they were all kind of in the mix for the jokes. But um, the campfire began, and we had a special guest uh, that night. Um, it was Cousin Brucey, um, who was, you know, he would be in camp from time to time, and he would mention us on the radio. And, and didn't he break Color War one year on the radio? I don't remember that. Broke Color War. I have this memory of him breaking Color War on WABC. He made some announcement, and, and Dave piped it over the loudspeaker. But, you know, I could, have get, I could be getting that wrong. <clears throat> was his son still in camp that summer? Yes, he's the reason, he's the, the major catalyst for what happened. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just, I couldn't remember if he was still in camp or not. And, and Alex, if you don't mind, I actually remember one Karnak joke. So if you can repeat, I'll, I'll be Moose. All right. You be, you be you. <laughs> um, Andy uh, Luger and public toilets. Andy Luger and public toilets. <laughs> My prop work. What are two things Swatona girls avoid? <laughs> that, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So the campfire begins. Uh, Cousin Brucey, who was, you know, was as big as any radio personality could be, um, was there to be Chief Sagamore. 
And that was a big deal, at least for us. We, you know, we would have occasional celebrities like, you know, Willis Reed and Wes Unseld and, and others. But, you know, for some of us, Cousin Brucey was like a big deal. So he was, he was Chief Sagamore. And all the groups kind of go through this presentation thing. And by the time they got to the seniors, um, Moose was, you know, cooking with a, a full head of steam. And so we sat down and we started working through the, the, the typical jokes. And about halfway through, Bruce Morrow made some comment about how these jokes were just not funny or, you know, you're, you're, you know, this, this bit is just, you know, not, not working. And that's all that Moose needed to hear. Uh, and, and he started like hitting the ball back at him and, and engaging him and, and started this back and forth insult thing. And I, I remember I mentioned it to Ed the other day and said, you know, it, it just kind of fell off the rails. And, and Ed's comment was he was more Sam Kinison than Johnny Carson. The, the guy just, you could, you could see the temperature rising in his head. And I'm sitting there wondering, how do I dial this down? I mean, and, and they were just going back and forth at each other with, with these insults. And Mike, because he has no filter, just got more and more personal, right? You know, he started insulting Bruce Morrow's looks. Then he started insulting Bruce Morrow's ex-wives. And the whole thing just... But just the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, I think, for Bruce and for Dave was when he went after uh, his son. Uh, so it got ugly? But you know, Bruce no, it was it was it wasn't started fighting and Bruce was funnier than Moose was funnier than Bruce. And I don't think Bruce liked it. Was the camp laughing at Moose's comments? Well, this was 1975. Uh, Alan, do you have any memory of this? Alan, Alan's you muted. Uh, you muted Alan. <clears throat> Still muted. I'm mute. You have, he has to unmute himself, I think. No? Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's a good thing he's in technology. <laughs> <laughs> Howie, when I tried to unmute myself, it couldn't. It said we weren't allowed. At well, the in, in, initially, right, because I was concerned there'd be a lot of people. But that's what Alan's talking. saying is happening now. No, uh, I, did, I did unmute him when he came in. He had spoken before. But if then he correctly. muted himself and he couldn't can't unmute himself again. Oh my goodness. Up <laughs> now I'm unmuted. Okay. We're on the same wavelength, Alan. Thank I got you. It. I appreciate that. I was in um, Cousin Brucey's son was in my uh, year, the middies. So that would be my 73. I do, I mean, I do remember this. This is 75. Yeah, this is 70. I'm just trying to. I remember this, but I don't remember it, if that makes sense. Like, vaguely, I remember this whole thing. And Cousin Brucey was a presence, and it was always around the Sagamore thing. So I just kind of remember this, but not the specifics of it. Can I ask a question? Was Brucey always Sagamore? Did he come up to do that every year? No, Cobbs was Sagamore for years. Who was? Cobbs. Oh, Cobbs. Okay. I didn't know that. Sagamore for many years. Okay. And Cobbs is somebody you would put like when you talk about people at Swago who had that big impact, who everybody at the camp knew. Right. Those were people like Cobbs and Moose. And there was that type of character. 
that, you know, everybody's like, wow, yeah. that guy, you know, yeah. unique and authentic and, you know, loyal. You know, when I think of when people ask me, like, what are the two words that come to mind or words come to mind would be authentic and loyal. And as far as Swago goes, there was nobody more loyal over these, you know, how many years it's been. It's, it's funny. I don't remember. I rem I don't remember him going after. In spite of not getting one of these, um, exactly makes it even shafted. more shaft. And I'm and I'm well, showing this is you know in, in memory of, of of Moose, who of anybody, just like one of my bunkmates, Gordon Gottlieb, who also kind of got shafted. Moose got shafted. It was horrendous, and it really did affect him deep. We'll say it, it knows more about that than I do, but it was the fact that that he wasn't a color war leader being such a big personality and such a big part of camp is just, you know, it's really amazing when you think about it. Well, that that's Sagamore. And, and that's because of that whole incident because ah. cousin Bruce, acted like a little baby because Moose got, the, Moose got the better of him kind of, although that his intention was just to be funny and to just, you know, hmm. you know, I, I'm sorry, a couple of, uh, when Moose was, I think he was still alive, but I listened to episode two of the Ski Slope when the first guest was Moose. And it was wonderful to listen to it because to hear that very distinctive voice. And, you know, it was the Sagamore thing. The other thing he did, again, he had big balls, and again, I think Roy wrote this, so Roy may be the author of a lot of Moose's uh, uh, mishaps, is during one of these other skit nights, he imitated Rita Blumstein lighting. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had volleyballs for breasts. I think I remember that. <laughs> and he also, again, not always so kind, did the twitching that Rita sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure that Dave appreciated that as well. Uh, yeah, so that, go, that didn't go well. That'll yeah. cost you a sweater. Yep. But the Bruce thing, I think Dave felt very offended by, and he wanted Moose to write. And I heard this again on the, the podcast recently, uh, <laughs> that he wanted Moose to write an apology. And Moose was like, there's no way I'm writing an apology. He insulted me first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, and he was our, Howie, he was our first guest. He was. Ever. He was. We did the initial episode ourselves. And like, says, of course, says it all. He's like, I'll Who's be the first on. person. Moose. Well, the, other, the, the other thing I realized today, and, and this is maybe skipping ahead, we can get back to that, is the picture of the ski slope. You know, it's our senior picture. And we're standing there. And we were the president, and the vice president. So just luckily for us, it makes for a great podcast. Right. But if you remember in the picture, we're all frowning. Like there's no smile. We're just sitting there with like right. sour looking faces. And it's because Moose had gotten fired the day before. I, was, uh, I wanted to you know, ask for, you guys about that story. Actually. Yeah. So uh, he, what had happened is <laughs> he had, you know, out of the kindness of his heart, supplied um, some, some liquor <laughs> to, to, some to, 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 the, to the seniors, you know, which, which had been done in the past and usually, you know, did not result in any, any major issues. I mean, even the senior play, was known for the Genesee cream ale and, you know, the seniors drinking that. Um, but one, one of the campers that, that um, partook in this uh, 
got very drunk and in a way that was very strange, almost as if he was like on LSD or something. And everyone became very concerned. So he, he went to the, we had to take him to the infirmary. And, um, you know, in reporting that, I guess, I guess it had come out that that Moose was the one that got us the liquor. I, I, I don't know if, why that had happened, but obviously it had come out. And Moose was a senior counselor. Um, and, uh, you know, they found out about it and they fired him. And the next day yeah. was, was senior pictures or, or group pictures. Um, and and as, as a sign of protest, which is, I guess it's a, it's a very small protest, but a protest nonetheless, <laughs> we frowned in our picture. So if you look at the well, ski slope really picture, that, that. what's that? We really were just frowning for the picture. I mean, it was real. No, no, no. I, I know, but it was, it was don't, you know, there, there was a, um, decree of don't smile for the picture. So if you look at the ski slope photo that we use, we're, we're sitting there, we, we don't look very happy. It was, I believe it was a bottle of Southern Comfort. It and, was, yes. And exactly Mike, right. Mike wasn't even supposed to be there that night. He was supposed to be with Mike Moss and I. We had tickets to see the kinks in Tipsy. And uh, I remember that. Possible. And Mike was supposed to go with us, but he was on OD. So... <laughs> That that opened That's up a great a OD. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what year was that? Seventy nine. Hmm. So in that picture, in protest, in addition to the frowning, Mike Moss and I looked at each other cross-eyed. Yes. Yeah. Picture, and you can you can kind of. Do you see guys it. have that picture? Can you? Can I will. You I'll, I'll post that tomorrow. Thank you. That's a great group of counselors, though. You know, oh, yeah. Pueblo, Lawrence, it was an it was an all star team. It was it, yeah. we we were so all star. Well, like three former campers, and maybe there was like a British water ski guy thrown in there for good measure. But <laughs> but you know, like but, but to have, we had Alex, we had Mike Moss, and we had Moose. It was and Hawkeye yeah. Junior. Uh, <laughs> so my, my, Moss told me this story fairly recently. Um, we talked a little bit about it. And he taught, he said it was just unbelievable that he and he said that that you, Alex, you guys went to the concert. Moose ended up having OD. And, you know, he was trying to do what, you know, my counselor did for me. I'm sure Ed as well, you know, got us beer or you know liquor and stuff. It was not unusual. I don't recall anybody really getting kicked out of camp over something like that. Certainly, uh, and you know, count a counselor of any counselors of any. Uh, wow. Arnie. Unbelievable. Got some guests coming. Here we are. You know, and it was all it was all because of, of how I think it was Brian Zucker or Evans Evan Zucker. Evan Zucker was all just because he like, I don't know what the hell happened to him. He was a, probably a light kid, had four shots of Southern Comfort, and he was just like getting loopy and crazy. And it was like no one knew what to do. And to Howie's question, I can't imagine it was that difficult to figure out. It's such a small place. Who would have acquired yeah, the, 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 that, Unless people just lied to you outright, you know. I have a question because I just heard that you guys were drinking beer during the senior. Was that happening even when I was there? Was that absolutely a lot? Karen, Karen Glenn, Glenn, and Gordy were so lit up the night of our senior play that you can't. I mean, I don't even think. <laughs> They don't even know they're. They mean they were completely lit up. Oh, we we did it after the play. It was, yeah, was, was it during the play or <laughs> they, they, they started before the play started. 
Oh, okay. wow. That's, that's bold. Is, I, I'm sure that I didn't drink the day of the play, but I'm almost <laughs> sure. You're saying that because I'm already broken. Hey, Alex, what about you? After the play, Sharon. Oh, after the play, I'm 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 okay with, but <laughs> I was too petrified to do anything before, during the play. Okay. Right, Sharon. like I, I actually had to remember lines. Like that would have been frightening. Forty eight Glenn didn't have a, a lot of lines. I will say they were really not. They didn't have any pivotal roles in in the play. They were kind of just hanging. Like they were like stage crew or something. They really were. They were just How snapping is- their fingers. <laughs> Any that, um, maybe just for people who are listening, mm-hmm. we should say like who people are who are on this sure. podcast. Jacob. And maybe Dave like Jacobs. And maybe how they do new moves. So why don't we start? Dave Jacobs, welcome to the, the ski slope with Howie and Al want me to take I, over. I have I have to apologize. I'm on my way home from work and picking up takeout food at the moment. So I will be in transition <laughs> for a while. I hope it's a nice looking here. Lunch of fried chicken. Uh, Jake, how did you know uh what's your connection to Moose? Oh well. Uh, I guess it was, um, I, I came to camp as an eagle and um, was not in the bunk with, with you guys and Moose until, uh, I guess, mid, um, inter. And, and uh, uh, but I, we all had a great time. We, uh, it, was, uh, it was definitely fun times. Moose is a wild man. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Can I just add, by the way? Can I just add one thing? Dave Jacobs also was one of our counselors as a first-year senior, so oh, he was wow. part. He was part of that all-star crew as well. Oh no, I'm yeah. sorry. He was inters. Inters. He was my counselor in the inter I, year. I take yeah. it back, but great yeah. counselor nonetheless. I, I need some filling in on that year because I don't remember much. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> He wrote a great song for Group Sing. Yes, but, but I, I, I but still remember the one today. <laughs> to be escorted by international playboys. The Nancy Sinatra. Cause a little Bitcoin. less room in our pants. <laughs> we'll take into the day. So, okay, I, I, when I remember it, I'll remember it. Right, how many Group Sing songs do you remember? Not we many. Do not a whole ski slope on Jake's lyrics. <laughs> they were good. You know, also here is uh, Swago's favorite Swedlow, uh, Phoebe. How are you connected to, to Luke, the, the man, the, the myth, the, the legend? Me? Yes. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I just, I just remember hanging out with him in the social, you know, in the canteen, you know, with, with all you guys. And when I was a counselor and when I heard people say that they were intimidated or afraid of him, I always thought of him as a teddy bear. And I never, I mean, I always knew that he was, was well loved, but I never knew how, I mean, all these things that you're saying right now, I, I did not, I mean, I, I lived in the same apartment as Alex and I never heard the story he just told. <laughs> <laughs> and we did talk to each well, other. For college when this, had, when this had happened. Yeah, but, <laughs> Still. Anyway, well, you know, uh, 
Phoebe was a big part of our bunk because she was sort of like this Suego Swatona uh, girlfriend of our counselor, Roy, uh, maybe like our step counselor. And, uh, and I would say that Jake and Moose were probably Roy's favorites. Yeah, uh, I would. I mean, I, I, was, I, actually, I was the least favorite, but which was fine. I knew that. Well, I actually always thought that Jake was his favorite. But, he was. He was. Yeah. And Phoebe, Phoebe was my golden ticket to be able to hang out with you guys. <laughs> That's true. Well, Roy was my golden ticket to hang out with you guys. <laughs> and uh, we, we have Arnold Heller. Arnie Heller is here. Arnie Heller. Hey, Arnie. Arnie, you there? He muted. He should. He, he, he should be able to speak in here. His, his camera's not on there. Okay. Uh, Arnie, we want to see you, but I, can I just say one thing? It's a little spooky that someone is the owner. Is there is like some Swago owner? <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking that, that too. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> that might be the recording of this. No, no. But no, it, it popped on just fairly recently. It's yeah. Jerry Rogers. That it might be. Familiar. That's who I was thinking it is. Owner, would you mind declaring who you are in the chat? <laughs> 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 but if you don't, you can you can still hang with us. It's the, it's the new owners of Swago. No, it might be. It might be <laughs> Tyler. Is, you can, you Tyler. can hang with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, totally. It could be Tim Brody for all we know. Mm -hmm. oh. And Sharon, what is your connection to Moose? Other just post camp or during camp or? Um, I would say during camp because. I never understood exactly how Swago worked because, like, I think like that Dave Jacobs was in in um, Greece, but I don't think that Eddie was. You know what I mean? It's kind of like confusing to me how the anyway. I knew I, I was in Greece. Like, I had a very small part in the back of the uh, <laughs> of it. I think I think Jake, if I remember, sang the mooning song. Sang mooning, right? And my brother wanted to. Teenage one, he just had a chorus part. He was very ticked at me. Um, no, so I knew Moose because he was uh, sometimes in my brother's bunk. Never. So, well, I meant um, group. Maybe you know sometimes in the way the cutoffs went or something, and um, I just would see everybody when I'd go over for brother sister and and hang out. And um, I thought he was always incredibly funny, and I think. The thing to me that was really incredible because I didn't know about like people being scared of him, but I was kind of scared with him of him on Facebook because politically we were yeah. not very well aligned. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> but he was the only he was one of the few people who it never got personal. Like we disagreed, but it never got personal. And we did get to work together for a lot of reunions, which was nice because he was usually. Uh, involved in in some way in a lot of the reunion planning, so I kind of got to know him through that and and really uh, and really love him. You well, know, yeah. he, I never would have dated him, but I loved him. <laughs> you know, you talk about the reunion, and one of the reasons there will be so many people there is because of his relentless drive to collect mm -hmm. email addresses. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess, while sometimes they could be annoying, the million email address 
notes that you would get. Uh, I'm going to miss getting them now every holiday for, you know, Hanukkah, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really. I was always torn, though. I, I always felt he didn't want to. I always called him Michael. I didn't call him Moose because he signed things, Michael. And I thought he um, preferred it. And I thought maybe he I, I don't know. It was very fun. We never talked about it, but it was weird calling him Michael because I thought of him as Moose. You know, it's interesting because I know uh, I, I was looking at Brian earlier about this and we've been we've stayed very close since the Swago days and there hasn't ever been a break in our relationship in the, you know, since, you know, camp ended, you know, for us in the seventies and I became friendly with his friends and he became friendly with my friends and nobody in Brooklyn calls him Michael either. Yeah. Oh, really? Everybody <laughs> calls him Miller. Did, did the, oh. No, Miller. Miller. Right. And oh, the and only people. Hey, how, did, how, did, how did the moose names start? I'm sure he explained this, but be the only people I've ever heard him call him Michael are his wife, his parents, his siblings, and his nephews who called him Uncle, Uncle Mike. And nobody else calls him Michael in the world. Uh, the sad thing is, Howie, that there's really no story behind the nickname. <laughs> His nickname in the cadets became Mule and somehow morphed into Moose. Uh, I, you know, it's probably somewhat connected to size and energy, but I don't. There's no great origin story, huh? <laughs> oh, well. It's funny, my, my first impression of Moose was, um, it was 76. So, so Moose wasn't up, up at camp. And I forget if he was a waiter or not, but he, he was, he, he was, but he came up late, right? Had an injured leg or something. He broke a leg or something. And people were saying moose is coming. Moose is coming. So the only moose I had known was the guy in the Archie comics, you know, like uh, the big guy with the blonde hair. And, and then it's like, you know, moose actually shows up and it's in, it was John Belushi. It wasn't moose. You know, it was like the only, he was very similar to the guy on Saturday night live. And that, and, and that's what I remember from him, but he still was scary. Like I was still going on board that he seemed like, um, and I think we, he seemed much more of a loose cannon than he actually was. Like I've never actually seen moose lose his temper. Uh, granted, I didn't see the Sagamore event, but I've never seen him lose his temper. And I always feel like his um, argumentativeness is almost comical. It's not, it's not to be mean or aggressive. He actually had a pretty good temper. And yeah. he could get very angry and yell at people. Mm -hmm. uh, I even remember at his wedding, he like went after the caterer. <laughs> <laughs> but my wife, who was like, I had just met, was like horrified. <laughs> you know, like, Thanks for ruining my wedding. You know, it was, it was yeah. a beautiful wedding, you know, but mm -hmm. he went off. So he had a temper. Uh, Jake, I don't know if you remember during Color War, uh, or maybe Jake is gone. Oh, he's and, there. and Alex, I don't know, like he was like a fuse ready to go off during the punch ball game. He's screaming at all of his teammates because we're losing. Mm -hmm. He could sometimes go a little bit out of control. I, I remember you spend you Ed, spending a lot of time calming him down. You were you were about the only thing that could talk him back from the ledge. 
it, you know, I think that I did have that special relationship. And, you know, it's something that I, I think I remember mentioning it on a, my first appearance on the ski slope way back in the, uh, what is that, the 1980s or something? I don't remember what. <laughs> but uh, it was a newsletter. <laughs> right. But, you know, Moose always had one person that he wouldn't give shit to. And it was me, Itzwego, and his friend Stu in Brooklyn. And everybody else was fair game. I don't know why I got that honor, but, you know, he would go after Andy Luger relentlessly. Uh, and, and, you know, Harlan Katz, you know, he was, and, and, you know, like, you know, he wasn't cruel, but he also wouldn't stop many times. And he was a very sharp way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you said John Bellucci earlier referenced Sam Kinison, Don Rickles, you know, when you think of Moose, these are the characters that you think about, like that. Not, you know, most of your friends, you wouldn't say Rickles, Bellucci, Kinnison. No, no. And it wasn't like even his Facebook postings, like they obviously weren't well-crafted jokes. But you get that guy just doing his, like, top of Dream mind of thoughts. consciousness. <laughs> like, it was, hyster it was hysterical. Moose was famous for, okay. I'm not going to post anything political that his next <laughs> post would be some political something or other. And he'd be like, Moose, I thought we're done with the political. I wasn't I was being political. That wasn't political. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. And when did you and Moose acknowledge to each other that you were each guy's, you know, best friends? Like, when did, like, did that, was there like a moment where that was like, it was a ceremony during our Rangers. You year. know, uh, something along those lines. <laughs> is that your bar mitzvah? No, I, I don't think there was ever any like, you know, he's my official you know, moment. Just, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that there was ever a formal acknowledgement. It was just the kind of thing that we were together since like from 69 through 76. And he was just my guy and vice versa. I don't mm -hmm. know why it's hard to explain these things. Why are you, you know, Howie and Alan like that. We bonded over lost love when we were like 12. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> the, the Eagles. There actually is an origin then, story. <laughs> well, we didn't say, well, let's be best friends now. No, we, we didn't. became we didn't. best friends same, at that Was it that the moment. same girl? No. 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 What it's happened just, is it's funny. I don't funny. remember was, what was the detail. We, we, this was a social, and it was at Sagamore. I don't know. What, why was there a social at Sagamore, which is by the... Um, cesspool so it, it doesn't really you know <laughs> it doesn't bear out well but um some a girl was like um alan was going out with some girl and i think they were, they were going to end it and her best friend from Sutona came up to me to say something about it and she was like you know i, I what do you want me to tell her she's my best friend so i had to say back to her well you know alan's alan's my best friend so it actually and he wasn't at the time really i mean he was a good friend but <laughs> I, I, I think that statement that. you know basically solidified it was like well i'll show you and you know so, here we are here we are today here we, we are, are today 43 Four years, years later, years later. <laughs> i want to know who the Swatona girls were and Linsky. no no or no Lori leipzig Lori leipzig oh Lori leipzig i was her counselor yeah, funny. So there you go. I love Lori Leipzig. Lori Leipzig to this day looks exactly like she looked when she was 15. She does, and she had the best laugh. I love, yeah. I thought she was the best. And who was the other one? Amy Lippman. Oh, God, yeah, I was their count. That was my bunk. Yeah. We should have talked Maybe to you. You were advising them to end it with me. <laughs> but no, she's, she's, she's what caused us to be best friends. No, no, it wasn't that year. I had them. I, I, what year was this? I, I was 78, 79. Sorry, what year? 
78 or 79, one of those two. Yeah, I, I was their counselor, and they were seniors then, is that right? Inters or seniors. Inters. Yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah, I think, well, you know, I think what? Inters. I was actually, I think I was their counselor when they were inters. Oh, that, there we go. Huh, that's it, weird. It comes full circle. Anyway, I, I, I love those girls, and yeah. And apparently, Howie we and did too. But not so much effect. It did not work out. Why does, you know, I don't, Howie, I don't know if you remember even Lenny. Moose would always tell me, like, in these, you know, the last 10 years since we've been, you know, known him, no one better now than I, or, you know, did, you know, earlier in life, sure. that he was my coach in the under 16 something or other. I mean, and that he, he was the Lenny. only winning coach. Like we didn't. Win. I don't remember him ever being the coach of the basketball. Like I feel like he made it up, or maybe I just don't. I think know I think he was confused. I think he coached I think Lenny too. He coached Lenny either under twelve or under fourteen. I think Lenny's here, and I I I told Lenny to come on because I remember Moose's coaching Lenny, style. Was the under fourteen Island Lake basketball tournament? He was my coach, and we won it. Because he Maybe. said he was responsible for my career and playing, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you'd always say yeah, stuff like that. I'm like, I, coach, I don't remember you ever coaching me one time. But Moose had, it's... number one, a great memory and a great fantasy life. So it could either be completely well, true or completely made up. We have well, no don't you, Guys, don't you remember the whole thing about, I don't know if, I mean, I thought this was in camp. Don't you remember the expression history according to Herman? Do you remember that? No. A little and bit. You don't remember I that? Do. I remember. Anyway, that. that's maybe that's the same thing with Moose. We are, you know, we always used to think that they would twist things to make them grander. Anyway. No, just, that, that makes sense. I I think you would remember if you were coached by Moose. I remember really that voice. Lenny, <laughs> Lenny, weren't you coached by Moose? I, I was coached by Moose and Mike Moss. I don't okay. know if it was U12 and U14. Just real quick, I see Alex Swiblow's on, right? Yeah. Like, what year were you a Cold War leader? 76. Yeah, so you, you were my, with Ricky Freeman, right? He was on the other team. Okay, because that, that was my first year, so Ricky Ricky was my leader. So I feel I feel like a little kid on this with all you guys, even though I'm not that much younger, but it's kind of, it's kind of fun. You're catching up. It is. It's like, it's like legends, like Alex Swidlow, you know? It's like, um, you know, Duke and Howie, you guys don't, don't count. Yeah, he's we, we, don't, we don't count. <laughs> I see. Oh, really? Okay. It's, it's, um, no, so Moose actually wasn't very nice to me. We were on the... Um, There's a beam. Well, we, 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 we <laughs> Wait, who would have thought this is becoming a smash Moose? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. All of them, all of them. He would love it, by the way. He, he would love it. He didn't want to start me. Um, he wanted to start a kid, which which jogged my memory today when Howie said Seth Gershon. And Mike Morse overruled him. Um, and Moose started me. And I think we won or whatever. And Seth came in and he played well with me or whatever. And then after the tournament, Moose said to me, he goes, he goes, I, we still should have started Seth Gershon instead of <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you got the victory. victory. Right. It was always like uh, I never had the greatest, you, you know, it was like boost, boost through my ego because, again, you know, you know, even though you could be just a few years apart from the older people at camp, you know, that seemed like a decade older, you know, and another they, generation, they were your peers. But, you know, For five fact, years yeah. is a huge amount of time. Yeah. It is. I mean, you know, here I am with Alex Fidlow, you know, and, you know, you know how, how old is <laughs> How old would Moose Ricky be Walden now? Your songs are sixty-two. You know? <laughs> sixty-two. Okay. I have a vivid memory though of, of Moose making you guys like 
run around the camp. And I think it was like the only time that like, like laps were done, like for, for like basketball, like coach. No, that's what, Roy, did, that's what Roy, do, used, Roy used to do that. Roy, yeah? Roy yeah. ran us. Uh, Roy oh, okay, ran so that's where he must have gotten it from. Up hills every day for like the first two weeks of camp was Roy Herman camp and, you know, Moose and I and Jake and uh, Alex. Actually, were you, were you on the, you were not on the Cuban team. Uh, Neil Herman, uh, Mitch Kaplan, Andy Luger. And we ran like crazy. He wanted us conditioned so we can put on that UCLA press. And uh, we did make it to the Cuba finals where we lost by a single point. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, that was as a midi, which I was the youngest camper. That was a great memory because we all went in buses, you know, with the tennis ball cans, with the rocks in it to shake and make noise and, you know, beat Kiyuma was the big cheer of the uh, of the mess hall. We actually beat Kiyuma in the semis. I, I think that was that was 1975, Lenny. So maybe well, I'm, go, I'm going 76. So that's when I started. Yeah. So, so uh, but but that was and you know that was so Moose learned from Roy to make these guys run. Yeah, but they were under 12. <laughs> it was the under 12 team. <laughs> <It's cool. laughs> Moose would have done it with the under 18. Moose, there was not a lot of halfway with Moose. <laughs> Moose a good athlete? Moose was That's a good question. One. He was deceptively a very good basketball player. He was yeah. a good was he just really? softball pitcher. Didn't he pitch softball or no? Am I making that up? No. He no, was no. deceptively quick. You know, no. you would be surprised that in a Fred Berry kind of way. Yes. You know, the guy. <laughs> rerun. Right. Rerun. <laughs> he, he had a nice jump shot. Uh, in baseball, he had a good left-handed stroke. You know, he could hit the ball pretty well. Uh, he wasn't the best athlete, but for a guy who was, you know, pretty hefty, he was a good athlete. There was only one thing. He, he wasn't a swimmer. <laughs> what no. did you say, Ed? He what? Well, you know, There's only Paul, one thing, Broad was, Paul Broad was on the Facebook page earlier and said, say some words for me. And I think that Moose represents Paul Broad's biggest failure at Camp Swago. Why? He tried every year to get yeah, Moose to learn how to swim. Uh, Moose didn't know it all? He, he, didn't at, want to, he just didn't want to swim. He just didn't want to but do he, it. Did he know how to? No, I, I remember a very early, I'm trying to think, probably cadets, maybe their cadet year, or maybe soft. Um, I remember Paul was the waterfront counselor at the time, and I remember him, you know, getting Moose in the, in not the dirty crib, the clean crib, and trying to get him to learn how to swim. And Moose just had no desire and was, you know, resolute in, you know, not swimming. Uh, and it was frustrating to Paul um, because he, you know, because he, 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 you know, like everybody, he loved Moose and he sure. thought that's something he he should do. He should he learn taught thousands of kids to swim. Yeah, that's so crazy. I thought everybody in camp knew how to swim. I didn't know there was anybody who didn't know how to swim. So it was a requirement, you know. Yeah. Fascinating. What are the heartbreaking moments? Remember seeing him in the lake with like, you know, life preserver and a kickboard and, and Paul, yeah. like, and he just never, ever was able to do it. Arnie. There's Arnie. There's Arnie. 
Uh, open up his mic, Moana. Open up his mic. No, he's unmuted. He's, he, he can not come to on. Me, he's not. But you have to unmute, Artie. There's two other areas I would like to go He's unmuted on my He's got to unmute himself. Uh, Arnie, you got to unmute yourself there. You got to go and unmute. You mentioned 1976. You can't hear you, Arnie. You are unmute. It says, Howie, I don't know. He's saying that you have to unmute him, I think. No, no, no. If I I go to him on my page, I only have the option to mute him. So he's got to unmute himself. If he goes to the bottom... This is the bottom. Bottom, exactly bottom right. left-hand side. There should be a microphone where you can just un- hit it and unmute. I'm just oh, when I had done that before, it gave me that error, just for FYI. Okay, let me see. While we're waiting, can I just ask, how long was Moose at camp before? Moose uh, started Swago the same year I did in 1968. We were second-year seniors in 1975. There's our <laughs> A waiter in 76. And then, you know, I stopped and he stayed on as a counselor. I think, Jake, you were there with him and Alex was there with him. Uh, but, you know, th- two things I just want to go through with Moose and maybe uh, is how you said you came in 76 and you remember that Moose came up late. Right. Uh, I was mayor in 74. Moose was mayor in 75. And Alex was running in 76. And, and lost to, I think, Ricky Friedman. To Ricky. And I remember we had the mayors for Swedlow. <laughs> Not a lot of good that did me. <laughs> we got painted with Moose and Mike. the deep corruption. state. And, and I gave the nominating speech. Now, Moose was not in camp, but he made a tape cassette recording of the seconding speech for Swedlow. <laughs> with and he was still, I guess, the mayor because his term, I guess, hadn't ended until the next election. It had chief, the you know, hail to the chief playing, hit play and made the speech. And after my speech and Moose's speech, uh, Alex got walloped by Ricky Friedman. But uh, that was one thing. The question I would have, and maybe Sharon and Phoebe know a little bit about this. What was Moose's reputation like on the other side of the lake? Great, mm, great question. Good question. You're muted, Phoebe. <laughs> I hope you can edit out all of the you're muted. I'm, I'm asking Phoebe to unmute. I, yeah, there we go. yeah, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. I don't know how I got muted. Um, Sharon, he was closer to your age than mine. I mean, I knew him as, you know, he was- Phoebe, we're a year apart. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you seem so much younger. I don't know. <laughs> Is it really just a year? You're 64? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, well, anyway, to me, he was like in the bunk of, you know, he was in Roy's bunk. So I knew him as a kid. So I couldn't tell you. Yeah, John, I, don't, I don't know that I, I know either. I think because all you guys were my brother's age, it was more like, you know, sticking my hands in my ears. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember having, I never was a uh, counselor for, for girls that age. Um, the we're oldest- talking about like the Susie Epstein age. Yeah, so no, the old, I had like, uh, well, I had like uh, Robin Schnorrmacher and- that uh, Robin Schnorrmacher. That yeah. group, I was their counselor, but they kept Vision moving Stein. me out. 
I wasn't, I think a, I wasn't a bunk counselor because I was a specialist. So I never traveled with the bunks. I was always doing music and drama and play stuff. So I really, other than the nights I had OD, I really didn't spend a lot of time with the girls. So I wouldn't have known what. I can tell you, I can't imagine Susie Epstein and um, Robin Schumacher being friendly with Moose, but I mean, you guys would, you guys would know what the canteen scene was. That's probably a good. Was not, that's probably a good take on it, Phoebe. And did he ever have a? Uh, did he ever have a girlfriend at camp? No, he. I, Jake, do you? I don't. Or Alex, I don't remember Moose having a lot of uh, success with this Ratona girls. No, I don't remember that either. And and even after camp, you know, <laughs> he wasn't necessarily what you would call a ladies' man. And he told this story on your first podcast with him. So I think it's fine for me to recount it. Sure. That, you know, in the days before the internet, he met his wife via the New Yorker personals. Oh, wow. And he used to have parties in Brooklyn that were great parties. And one night he had all of these letters and everybody at the party is like reading <laughs> letters of the different women that wrote him. But it worked out for him. So, you know, uh, I mean, listen, as all of this memories, I mean, our lives go on. You know, the, we feel mostly for uh, Robin and Zach, whose lives are, you know, completely changed. Yeah. It's going to be very difficult. But I don't want to bring that in. But Arnie, what was it like to have to manage a camp? Yeah, like love to hear from Arnie. Please. Um, <clears throat> you're talking about Moose in the camp. And uh, first of all, it was really a shock and a terrible, you know, sad thing. But um, let me go back to the nickname thing for a minute. And uh, there was so many good nicknames in the camp for, you know, for kids. And Moose, the name Moose was the greatest, one of the greatest nicknames of all. And one day I was just talking with him. He might have been about 14 years old. And all of a sudden it occurred to me that this is like a two month thing. And then everybody goes away for in a different world, you know, for the 10 months. And I said, do they call you Moose at home? <laughs> and so he said, no, they don't. They call me Michael or, you know, whatever. <clears throat> but you could see <laughs> that there was a very wistful look in his eye, you know, like he really wished that at home he would be known as Moose also like a superhero almost, you know? So I, and I, was, I was wondering, I think everybody else, anybody who had a nickname that probably was a two month thing, you know? So <laughs> you, you, your own persona over there. So what are my memories of, of Moose? I got a couple of good ones, stealing the records at HQ. So it was <laughs> impossible to uh, get everybody up on time. Uh, Paul Broad running after Moose because he stole the records and i'm trying to think what else he he stole one day there was um like all of a sudden nobody had basketballs all the basketballs were gone and i think we went to moose's trunk and there was about 20 basketballs deflated in the you know in the thing so we we chastised him gently and blew up the basketballs and all was well you know so nobody got into trouble no, but uh, I, I really, and for Moose to take, you know, so front and center in the history of the camp and loving the camp so much, 
you know, is just an amazing thing. So now let me let me hear some more stuff from you, gentlemen and lady. Thanks. Well, I, I just have one thing, Arnie. That's that's the moose that I remember, and everybody. I don't know when you dialed in, but everybody was talking about how you know intimidated they were of him, and I always thought of him more of like the stories that you were talking about, even though I never heard the ones that you shared. So that's, it's nice to hear that. The word I'm looking for a little bit mischievous. That's yeah. ours. Mm. Sure. Maybe, maybe a little bit more than mischievous Arnie. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> he sometimes pushed the envelope. That was what he was about. I was trying to, he probably would have done better if he, read that book that I had in camp, Steal This Book by Abby Hoffman. Yes. You know? He stole that book. Maybe he did. Right? Huh. I don't think Moose would have been a fan of Abby Hoffman, though. He right? was. Well, was Absolutely. he? Oh, okay. Absolutely. And I have a question for you. So what was, you You were good friends with him, and you saw him during the, the, the year? Yes, we would, you know, get together during the school, you know, during the off season, so to speak. Right. You know, my so parents. Was, yeah. Did you ever meet his friends from school? We used to have a basketball he... game against the Brooklyn guys. Ed yeah. and I and our friends used to play against Moose and Stu. And Stu was like the 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 winter Ed, and uh, and Ed was the summer Stu. But we used to play ball against those guys. We had uh -huh. some great great times. Yeah, we probably did it. You know, I, I knew Moose's friends, like I said, when he lived in Brooklyn and he got his own, you know, house or apartment with his friend, they would throw parties and, you know, I would always go out there and they were a lot of fun. And we did get to know his friends through basketball, as Brian said. Moose and his friends from Brooklyn would come out to play basketball against Brian and me and our friends from Long Island. And so did he have like this, did he have that same aura? The thing? same thing. He was Miller. Huh. And, you know, he was it, it, very, very similar. Yeah, there was not, not a lot of filter, <laughs> you know, and again, he was so funny and it just came out so naturally. And, yeah. but yeah, pretty much the same. Jake, do you remember when we went on strike as waiters? That's a good yes. story. <laughs> yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember us marching up to, uh, excuse me. To Dave and Rita's house, and uh, and 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 basically, at the end, they they told us to to get on the next train out of Monticello or something like that. <laughs> it, go back to work or take yeah. the train from Monticello. Uh, I At least that was Dave the story. Said, <laughs> You'll be on the next train to Monticello, and I'm like, what train goes to Monticello? <laughs> train is that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. But, uh, we, that we, was about the box lunches, right? Well, it was more about the fact that Dave had uh, notified parents that there's no need to tip the waiter. Tip me. Oh. <laughs> and so we decided that we were going to go on strike unless in, unless he told the the parents that they should tip the waiters, which was never, in retrospect, how stupid that was. Like he's going to now go to his customers and say, give these kids money. <laughs> uh, but we were really clever because the kitchen boys, what a beautiful term that is to use for yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, 
a, a couple of kitchen boys had left during the summer and we convinced the kitchen boys that they were being railroaded. They were doing the work of 10 men and there were only eight of them and they should get more money too. So they also <laughs> decided to go on strike. So we all marched to Dave and Rita's house and surprisingly he said, come in. And in my memory, it's like the chain gang scene in uh, Take the Money and Run, like we'll go like shuffling <laughs> in. And we give each case and Dave brilliantly immediately separates, tells the kitchen boys, you will get more money. And they're, they're happy. They have abandoned us immediately. <laughs> and tells yeah. us to get, you'll be boxing lunches or you'll be on the next train to Monticello. <laughs> Uh, he uh, explicitly blamed me and Moose for being the ringleaders of it. And actually, Moose was against the strike because he was convinced that he was going to get tips because he was a senior waiter. Oh, yeah. He got very few tips and he made the seniors pay for it for like about two weeks. <laughs> uh, not bringing a choice of drinks. You know, you get no water, water or bug juice. No water. Not both. Uh, <laughs> I can speak from experience too as a senior I thought it would be a good thing to be the waiter for the seniors because they're your friends and they're going to do you right at the end of, you know didn't happen it, it worked, well, I, I it worked was in the senior, opposite direction I was the senior waiter and actually it is it is one of the hardest jobs as a waiter um, but I was lucky to have people like Michael Kay and some other people whose parents were extremely nice and very wealthy. <laughs> and so it did, for me, it did pay off. And, uh, and, and I was actually close in age to a lot of the guys. They were like two years younger than me, used to play a lot of ball with them. So it actually worked out for me. What? Any senior waiter would be close in age. Yeah, they were, they were only one year younger than me. So. Yeah, of course. But uh, waiter year was great. You know, I thought it was one of the greatest years. Played a lot of ball, went out every night. Um, Takes a little getting used to, though, because like the first three days, I remember just being like, because there were no activities. You had to sort of make it your own. Make your own activity. Yeah. But once you get the hang of it, it's great. I thought it was sleeping, smoking pot, and playing basketball between serving uh, meals. And going out at night. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether it be canteen or did we go? Did we go out that much as waiters, Howie? I don't remember going out. I, I, I don't think we went. Uh, you know, to the canteen for whatever that's. Yeah, worth. but I don't. I don't. I don't think we went out out all that much. I think maybe so like twice my a week. Place I had, I guess. The mountaintop lodge. So, what was it like having Moose as a counselor in your group? You know, he was very. If, when we were first year seniors, his bunk was very aligned with being Moose's bunk. It was, it was Popkin and Eddie and Schneider. I mean, they were like, you know, Pop, you know, Popkin and Eddie were sort of like creating this, this uh, new music culture in camp. And then the other guys had nothing to do with, with, with athletics or, or anything like that. And, and similar to how Moose was a coach, like I, I, I you know, I, I went with Steve uh, Popkin to, to Moose's funeral and Steve had reminded me that, that Moose like would sometimes just come back at night and chase Eddie Alan, do you remember this? He would chase Eddie and, and Popkin around with a hockey stick and make them run. Like, <laughs> like and, and I was like, for what, for what reason? He was just like, just, just to punish us. And I maybe, maybe, maybe uh, if Steve's here, I think he is. Maybe, maybe he can elaborate a little bit. Uh, I think 
I think it was a broom, not a hockey stick. Okay, my bad. <laughs> Makes all the difference. <laughs> but um, he did it because he would say that he's like toughening us up and turning us into men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How regularly did this happen, Steve? What he would do would, uh, you know, wake us up in the middle of the night and and uh, hit us with the broom and then make us run around the basketball court. And uh, then he would also, <laughs> another thing he would do, and he said this to me <clears throat> many times, even into the 2000s, uh, he would say, don't hang out with that Johnny Lieberbaum. He's a bad guy. And it's camp, you know, he would say, Paul Allen and Maddie and Johnny, don't align yourself with them. They're nothing but <laughs> But he really did say that to me up until about maybe 20 years <laughs> He was very worried that uh, me and Eddie wouldn't become upstanding citizens, and he wanted to make sure that he does to become them. Moose took his council responsibilities very seriously. <laughs> Sounds like he did. Sounds like he was really trying to guide these young men. <laughs> With corporal punishment. Regarding alcohol, you couldn't get alcohol as a camper unless you got it from a counselor. There's no other way. No one brought any up, and there was no sales. You had to convince a counselor to buy you beer or a bottle of Southern Comfort under whatever arrangement you can make. They had to be on their day supplier. They're going into town and they're, they, you, they, you have something they want or something. So when you could arrange that, you would get like a pint of Southern Comfort. What could you and possibly have that they would want? Have, other than money? I want to know what the other end of that bargain was. <laughs> right. What could you have that a counselor would want? What is that? Um, maybe the camper had more weed than the counselor had. At that particular uh, <laughs> ah, it all comes into focus now. Maybe yeah. it was based on uh, you know, a, a an older sister. At that particular time, and then the camper. Is feeling flush in one currency, and he can negotiate uh, the other with the counselor. And this included your own counselor or, uh, you know, other counselors. It was kind of based on whose day off it was. Because on the day off, the counselors were like, go to town, where I guess there was a liquor store. I mean, I wasn't privy to all that stuff. I was you, were just, you were just swapping joints with counselors to go get you beer well, and stuff? It gets better, but um, <laughs> let's moves, maybe hold off on that. <laughs> when it came to Moose, you know, he, you know, like how he said, we were like his boys or whatever, and he always treated us like that, and he was make us into you know, upstanding like him. So it was like a lot of former, you know, campers who became counselors. One of my great regrets is I went back as a waiter, but never went back as a counselor. Um, but a lot of the way, a lot of the, you know, the counselors who were former campers were the greatest counselors you can have. And Moose was obviously a great counselor. Um, you know, no so doubt. On a, couple of, a couple of times, somehow we got a bottle for Moose or whatever. 
And then on like a third time, some other campers negotiated it. And, you know, we, me and Eddie were very upset, but he was Not trying me. to talk about Eddie, Eddie Mormon young. Okay. Just so <laughs> he was trying to teach us a lesson because he was mad at us for some reason by not giving us the bottle and giving it to the other guys, which was Evan Zucker and I forgot who else. And that did not work out very well for him. So right. he should have given it to campers who have proven themselves to be able to hold it. Worthy of handling it. But Arnie, you would have to fire a counselor. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, although an argument, argument uh, could be made for firing, or firing a couple of campers also, by the way. So, only kidding. <laughs> no, no, but, uh, that, that, that was under discussion. There was a couple of days where they weren't sure if the campus was going to go. Swago was so, uh, very, but, uh, was you know, very stuff liberal. happened, and uh, Dave was very strict on that. You know, and, and if you think, you know, you look at it from an adult point of view, all you need is stories to get back to one parent and to 100 parents, you know, that stuff is going on, pot or whatever it is. Right. So, um, you know, he's yeah, with social media. Do you, do you remember any campers who were sent home? Yes. Uh, I'm trying to Just remember. Like this? I think there was like Neil Schwartz or Alan, Larry Wayne. Uh, Larry, that, that brings do? back a memory. So I'm, I, I'm not sure if it was Larry Wayne, but it might have been, but maybe not. And what happened was I was a head counsel then, so I was sleeping in HQ. And he, I think, but I shouldn't say him, maybe somebody else, um, <laughs> was coming up about two weeks late for whatever the reason, you know, and people came to me and they said, uh, he was maybe a senior then probably, whoever it was. And they said, uh, he's bringing up liquor. And you should know that he's bringing up liquor. So when he came up, I grabbed him right away. I took the suitcase with him and um, I opened it up and it was a fine bottle of scotch. <laughs> so really a good bottle of scotch. I confiscated, you, right? I confiscated the scotch and I like spoke to him about it and I, I didn't tell Dave and big mistake, by the way, I didn't tell Dave. And, um, you know, so he, whoever it was, wasn't kicked out of camp and, you know, stayed there for the six weeks, about four or five days later, Dave found out about it somehow because he found out probably about almost everything. And he came over and it was one of the, maybe the only time that he was kind of like mad really mad and he sort of chastised me about it and i absolutely understood you know his point of view i really should have told him about it but i'll tell you it was very very good scotch <laughs> the bottle away from the Arnie, Arnie got over and dave being mad at him <laughs> uh, but, but Arnie, that, Arnie, that was often your way i would say i remember we went on a canoe trip um and a couple of my buck mates went and uh, it was at the Bob Landers and they kind of broke in and we grabbed a couple of six packs um, and we drank on our canoe trip and you found out about it and you could have done all kinds of things to several of us, especially the guys who actually stole the beer, but you did, yeah, yeah. You, you like, yeah. we, didn't get, we didn't get too crazy. And, you know, we, we somehow figured out how to make sure that they were, um, you know, they got money for the beers or something, whatever. But that's the, that was your way. You were never, yeah. looking for, you know, that's why you were such a great, you know, group leader. I appreciate and, that. I appreciate no, no. that. And, and you know, the ironic thing about it 
one of the problems was that I, I actually really, really knew Bob Landers. That there was a, <laughs> there was a guy. I think Bob I remember. Landers. I think I remember that. Right. I thought he it had, was a fictional Bob character. Landers had a had a, a ten mile river scout camp, and he had a like a, a restaurant, a hamburger place, and all the scouts, including me, used to go there at night and get our hamburgers. And he was there, and he was talking about expanding his canoe thing up and down the river. And he probably made a million dollars, but I really, I kind of like knew him. So that he put a little edge to the, uh, oh, no, you know, no. to the problem. I, I even remember we went years after camp. If you remember, we went on that uh, canoe trip. Yeah, um, yeah. You helped the range and, you know, right. I get my group, maybe the group below and above. There's a whole bunch of us. We went, it was a great trip. We did. Know? We did a bunch of things, you know, like after camp we did. Do you, does anybody remember that we did a trip to Washington? I was on that Cobb, trip to Washington. And Cobbs was on the trip. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> right. And it was a bus trip. We had about 40 kids. Yeah, I remember and, the hotel we stayed in. Uh, it's unbelievable, huh? This was, was during camp? Times. No, this, this was this after is, camp. This might have been in October. Camp. A couple of okay. years after camp. Really? And uh, <laughs> Dave was okay with it. We ran it by Dave first. <clears throat> Dave was okay with it because it was something that like held the camp, the camp off season and the campers together. But what I want, I just wanted to say, uh, the entire five hour trip down to Washington, DC, Steve Jacobs Cobbs was in the back of the bus with, with all the campers, 40 kids surrounding him, just telling story after story, after story, after story, funny, you know, just an, an, an incredible character or whatever, but he was amazing. A bigger than you created Mount Rushmore of Swago characters. It would yeah. be and that's a nickname, Cobbs, right? That's you, know, a nickname. Be, you know, Chewy Lerman or something. Another yeah. Uh, so yeah, I probably sort of changing the, the subject a little. I probably got to know Moose the most po post camp when we got the Swago basketball team together and played. Mm -hmm. And he didn't play, but he would show up constantly. And he was even that, which we didn't play, but he was just a force there. He was uh, organizing it, showing up all the time. And I have to say, like, uh, his force of energy was a good thing, because if he didn't have it, like, I wouldn't have gotten to really know him. And, and it's, you know, he's just, uh, he's one of those characters in your life you're just never going to forget. I mean, he's just such a unique individual and a good-hearted soul. And... Uh, I'm glad that, you know, in a weird way, Howie and I talk about this a lot. Like for us, like we're so close, me and my Swago group, almost we think because camp ended, like it mm. made us just come together in a way. And, and Moose became part of that for us, like in the last 10 or 15, whatever years. And, and, and I'm very, you know, thankful for that, for sure. That, that was a great thing in the 90s when we had those Swago basketball teams in the late 90s, early aughts, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, it was that long ago. Yeah, it was the 90s. I know. Now that's like 20 years ago. Yeah. And <laughs> Right. And it was uh, organized with first like a bunch of Alan and Howie and their friends like David Feldman. Feldman. It was the over 40 against the under 40. Right. That's we how it started. Competition. Then there was uh, Brian and myself and Kraus and Gary Cropper. Lost play a little bit. Moss, and, yeah. and Moss would come down from Monticello. Dave Allen played on the team in the beginning. Uh, it, 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 Silent, Silent Bear. Yes. yes. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. When we, um, when we 
when we Adam and I wrote the story about the the whole rebellion that happened that ended Swago, you know, I printed it out, and you know, there's a just the way you guys are talking about moose. I have a couple of mooses comments that he wrote during the thing. Oh wow! Um, yeah, uh, one of them he's agreeing. I think he's agreeing with Brian Burke on this. And this is on the old Swago site, right? An original Swago Swago website. Yeah, this is from um, October 1999. So there's a few moose things. So, some might be inappropriate, but it is. It is nah, go for it. <laughs> this, this one's not inappropriate. He goes, I too must agree with Mr. Burke. The unbelievable times we had, had on that ski slope were as much a part of camp as playing hoops, swimming, or any other activity. So that was something. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's very funny. The ski slope, and Arnie, you know probably more about this, of how how – Dave ended up deciding to put that ski slope in. Um, I, I think it was virtually unused, you know, except for a few people. I remember a couple of us we used to go down on, we used to take the, you know, the pan, the, you know, the um, trays from the, uh, from, you know, from the, mm-hmm. from, from the mess hall and go down and put water on it. But I remember, especially any, when like, like Ranger inter seniors, you know, years, I remember sitting with my friends and even my counselor, like John Sanford, and sitting there, especially like on a rainy day or just, you know, like, you know, in the late afternoon when the sun is setting, like after playing hoops, sitting on that ski slope and just talking about stuff. I mean, that to me, the memory of that, and I, and I think that that was universal because it sounds like you guys did that, you know, you know, the younger guys. and Hence the podcast. Know, yeah, well, but I, of course that's what I'm saying. I remember doing that. I remember, and and for some of the older guys, the ski slope wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, like when Burrow and Roy and uh, you know and and some of these other guys, the ski slope wasn't there. It was built after. You know, like they were already like either waiters or you know kind of out of camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say that that ski slope has a lot of memories for me. Just bonding with my bunk mates, and even sometimes like you know you know, you know, upper seniors or, you know, some of the younger guys we'd invite. I remember like guys like Krauss and Moss sitting with them. They'd be hanging out with my bunk and they'd be like, you know, you guys letting us hang out with you? you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. Like, yes, <laughs> we play ball with you. Yes, it's, you know, come over here and hang out with us. And just stuff like that. that and yeah. the fact that that's kind of universal, um, is a great thing. And, and Moose and I used to talk a little bit about this. You know, look, I, I my connection to Moose is really through my brother, but I remember him as a little camper being sometimes the most annoying little kid. <laughs> he had that, he had that high pitched kind of like voice in a way sometimes, but he was just such a character and so funny and full of life. And, and like, you know, he really was always like, you know, pushing the envelope, especially with people he knew that he could push the envelope Right. To me, that was like, you know, part of his whole personality um, and, you know, a really terrific, you know, guy. He really mm-hmm. is. And, you know, we I, you know, we know Zach a little bit, his son and Robin I, actually Ed knows, you know, knows Robin better than I. But um, it's definitely going to be very tough for them. He was, you know, he was a great, great dad, a great husband. It's. It's going to be really sad. I mean, you know, I'd never met Zach before. The, you know, the first time I'd ever seen him was speaking at the funeral. And, oh, yeah, he was you great. know, great and, you know, and looks just like Moose, you know. And I know it's almost like a cliche where you see some kid and it's like, of course, he looks like his parents, you know, it's DNA. But it really 
it, it looked like a young moose and it was, it was, and his, even his, his, the Brooklyn accent was the same. So, you know, it was, yeah. it was, it was beautiful. They were great remarkably words. close as a father and son. And, and, and you have two things on, it looks like now. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to switch up because I'm having a problem with this computer. So I think okay. the next right reading falls into more into um, Moose pushing the envelope, as you Let's hear it. would say. And it's I love this. And again, just so you know, when we wrote this story, we were we were 15. So anything that's, that's, okay. that's politically incorrect in this. Okay, Lenny. We're past that. 1999, <laughs> you weren't 15. Moose answered this in 1999. So I don't know how old he was when he wrote this, but, you know, I guess he was still politically incorrect. I'm um, sitting here with the bases loaded in the World Series, and I can't take my eyes off the computer screen. The story is growing in its majesty. Let us find Tom Taylor and shave his head and march him through main campus and tar and feather this traitorous scum. Continue the story of the, re re the rebellion. It's reveting, Libby and Bender. You are our hero. Not, not only was Sheldon a flaming homo and not a leader of the camp, but he was a pocket fascist petty dictator. Who is this stand fella? I almost think this is time for war crimes tribunal to, to prosecute uh, yeah, yeah. his deputy stand, his balking character must be hunted down and dragged before the tri tribunal. I think Maddie Roseman can find him. And now this Tom <laughs> the stooge Sheldon bends over boy, find the men of Swagel, and let's bring him to justice. Keep the faith, Swagel shall rise again. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like if you had just read that and said, who do you think wrote this? Like there would be no question in my mind who it was. Yeah, he was very understated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do have, I do have one last one that he wrote, which is, which again, it's honoring Swago. And I guess this goes back to the whole reunion of Moose Pushing goes. The story of the rebellion is truly amazing. It's almost as if we are there. Incredibly, I can picture all the events leading up to the climatic battle, climatic battle between good and evil. Now I have been rattled roundly criticized for some description I used in regard to Sheldon and his ass instance. <laughs> My remarks generated in regard to this whistling of Swago's traditions are not indicative of any homophobic, homophobic feelings towards the world at large, but are concisely magnified with a growing anger towards one man who cannot be separated from his lifestyle as that was part of the demise of the camp. I still say a tribunal to be held that the holiest of holy <laughs> That's right, Sagamore's campfire site should be held. <laughs> done here, retribution and punishment are necessary to cleanse the memory of the evil that passed through our camp. Keep up the story, boys, it needs to be told. Moose Miller. <laughs> you know, he would sometimes, not only would he write this, but he could also extemporaneously speak like that as well. Uh, you know, he was, he was really actually a, a very witty writer as well as speaker. I also used to sometimes talk to him about some of the language that he used. There were people on the website, on Facebook that, you know, were offended by some of what he said and how he said it. Rightfully and, so. And I tried to tell him, you cannot do that. You know, I would have very frank conversations about the name calling. You know, there's I don't know how many members of the Swago community I know that are gay, but I do know that there's quite a few members of the Swatona community that are on that side of the- uh, He had no filters. He just and, had no filters. And some of them really sort of went back at Moose and he didn't always handle it. No. With yeah. the uh, 
delicacy that you know you, you might want but he <laughs> but wanted- I also don't think, as odd as this is, I don't think he meant it in a bad way. And I know that sounds odd, but I think he'd be the first to agree. And I think I had this conversation with him that if there was any boys camp that would have completely accepted a homosexual owner, it would have been Swago. Like we would have been like, all right, you know, we, we, that, that works. And I think, I don't think he would have been necessarily um, against that. No, I, I think you're right. Like, I think if we, had a you know like there was a head counselor somebody similar to arnie who happened to be gay and ended up owning the camp and running the camp it would have been fine it had nothing absolutely you know, it was more about who sheldon was than what sheldon was oh yeah it had nothing to do with sheldon being gay it was just right. 15 year olds using that as a tool because he although he did do some inappropriate stuff I- <laughs> you know, by no, I know, but just focusing on Moose's comments. He didn't help himself, Sheldon, by like wearing speedos and being very sort of obviously or gay. Where I think that listen, if there were two men who had been running a camp successfully for twenty years and they happened to be gay, I think a lot of people would not have a problem with it. But when yeah. it's two, when it's two guys who had never done it before, uh. You know, why would you, you know, if you're a parent, you have choices. And you might not have made that choice. Tell the story about Cobb and his kids when they were playing in a tennis tournament. (laughs) Maybe you guys covered this in the beginning, I don't know, but what was Moose's, like, ultimate motivation for the Swago reunion? Because he was so into it. And not to say that we all wouldn't want to go to a Swago reunion, but, like, Moose really spearheaded what was unfortunately going to be this summer. Just because he's Moose and he wanted, that's he, who he is. The guy he loved the place like happen. nobody else. He just loved it, yeah. Love, love and loyalty. There was no ulterior motive, that's for sure. It was just no, purely because he wanted to bring it It wasn't together. to market his business idea, you know, right? No, that's the, sad, that's the really mm-hmm. sad part about Moose's passing is that he took so much time and effort. He was a force. It, it was a labor of love because the reason he did this was for no other reason that he just loved Swago. And even at his funeral, Swago was shouted out on a couple of occasions as being like a support to him as like his religion, you know, uh, his work. But, you know, more than that, Camp Swago uh, was really just, he loved it. And I don't think there's anybody who loved it more than Moose, and and that's something that he's maintained all of these years. Again, the reason that it's been able for so many people to get together is because Moose has gotten everybody's contact information and he hunts everybody's down. At one of the reunion meetings we've been having, Moose was still trying to get more emails. I remember saying, Moose, if you don't have their email, maybe these people (laughs) don't want to be found. (laughs) Couldn't accept that. (laughs) <laughs> I don't care. We're going to get him. Any, you know, he was just going to get them. He, he also <laughs> continued a great tradition that Chewie had started, you know, back in some of the other reunions, because Chewie kind of did a lot of the, you know, the work of getting, you know, emails together, you know, for some other reunions um, and just extending that, you know, Moose was definitely, definitely going to be the force behind this. And uh, obviously it's going to be very hard that, you know, not to be there. Mm-hmm. Well, I, mm-hmm. I also have to say, when Chewie started, when Chewie started, Chewie had, everybody had an AOL address. So it's not only, you know, tracking people down, it's updating 
you know, sure. from dresses that we all had. Because when I had the party for Audrey at my house for her 94th birthday, whatever it was for, um, everybody had AOL addresses. <laughs> I remember even the address list that I gave him was worth nothing, you know, and he really tracked everybody down. He had a gigantic spreadsheet. You know, he really uh, took- He was not, spreadsheet. like, he was definitely not technically savvy. No. You get that email just, with like the green and white it's a refont. Right. And would he would CC 200 people on one list. It's like BCC moose, BCC. But but he would just make, he would just make it happen though. Like absolutely wasn't that efficient, but he would just make it happen. I, I, I felt bad when people were asking, take me off this email. Well the dumb thing, like that was almost a joke. You you're you're annoying everyone to say, take me right. off of this email. That, right. all that. that may have been intentional, <laughs> Pearl. To three yeah, times if you asked to be taken off, he wasn't going to take that. <laughs> right. You're on forever now. <laughs> you put you on twice. <laughs> hey, you want to be off? I'm going to put every email address you have. <laughs> hey, well, I got to, I got to, to, to leave, but, um, just want to I say good to see great. a lot of faces uh, and uh, love you, Moose. Rest yeah, in peace. I really buddy. appreciate that, uh, Howie and Alan uh, doing this tribute for Moose. Uh, Thank you. Really beautiful, and I think. Oh, come on, man! This is like you know, it's, it's a it, like labor of love for Moose. Same here. And again, like if anybody deserves it, like we would do it for anybody. But if anybody deserves it, it's definitely Moose. And I'm but sure that, at the uh, reunion we'll have some type of, you know, memoriam for him and, you know, play taps and it's just incredible how sad that, you know, 62 to suddenly go like that. Yeah, it is a shame he's not going to be there. All the people that's not going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, who would have really enjoyed it, you know, and yeah. it, it, it feels like a passing of an era. Like maybe that's a little too dramatic, but it, it really does feel like the first of, you know, and he's not quite my contemporary, maybe a little older, but it's, you know, it's not, uh, you know, it just made, it made me feel old. You know, it made me feel like, you know, hell, we're, we're getting into the 2020s. You know, we're not kids anymore. I just had a little bit of that, of that feeling as well, you know? You know, it, it's funny it's because we talked about like Kennison, Bellucci, Rickles, and recently Norm Macdonald died. And every comedian talked about what an amazing influence he was. And Moose really was that amazing influence. For people who were, you know, my age and everybody who's younger and continuing on in the post-camp era, uh, you know, there's nobody who had done more. There was a Swago Hall of Fame. He'd be, you know, first ballot. Oh, first, yeah, yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, um, Moose wanted to uh, basically put our bunk together for to go to the reunion. He, he, he reached out to... Uh, to uh, to do an Airbnb, like just days before he died, and uh -huh. and, it, it, and like when he first mentioned it, I was like, it's kind of a crazy idea. And but then it was like, we I have to do that. That would yeah, what a great opportunity that would be to do. Mm -hmm. So I I was looking for a bunk, Jake. I was we we were I was actually Zoom with Moose about a week before he passed, and we were looking at Airbnbs online. Yeah, yeah. And hey uh, guys, I got one. Uh, about Moose. This really, uh, really shows his character. Like he left camp. It was after the third week of camp on picture day. So he wasn't there for the next five weeks. 
but he ordered me to call him every Friday. I forgot what time. At a certain time, it was phone booth time, and you could call people for like minutes or whatever. I'm not sure if he sent me the coins, but he may have actually even mailed me like the coins. So I would call him every Friday, and he would ask me questions and fill them in about the sports and the counselors and, you know, Dave or this or that. And he would tell me, you know, again, not to hang out with Lieberbaum. <laughs> He's going to lead you That's astray. Awesome. And it went on till the end of the summer. And then after summer, we, I, you know, I called him when we were home. And he was like, uh, I'm going to take my boys out, Eddie and Popkin. I'm going to take you guys to Madison Square Garden to see Cheap Trick. This is, I guess, 1979. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we went to his house in Brooklyn. And he, like, bought us, like, ice cream or whatever. Popcorn. <laughs> he took us to the garden. We, like, had really great seats. We saw Cheap Trick. And uh, the romantics, it was just like such a great time. And he certainly didn't have to do anything like that. No other counselor ever did anything like that, you know, before or after. It was just, uh, you know, set, told me about his character that he was just really such a nice guy. And there was some intimidation factor there and scariness and Belushi and all that. But he, really, he was just a guy who just bled Swago blood, you know, until sure. the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was yeah. Like, how do you go, everyone? Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. A question. Remember, uh, Moose never was a color war leader because there was some fighter problem or something. He got shafted because of the whole Sagamore thing. Right. So he never was a Dave didn't let him be a color leader, right? No, yeah. he was shafted. And, okay. and I'm the one who had, and I'm the one who had to tell him that he wasn't a leader because nobody was willing to do it. It was actually my worst day at Swago. Oh. I don't know if Jake was there. We all got tapped and we counted, you know, to six. And it's like, oh my God, Moose is not a leader. And I remember going up and Moose is like, Where are you going? And it's like you don't know anything? It's like, Moose, I think we all got the tap. I don't think you're a leader. And he didn't believe me. Uh, he thought I was, you know, just making it up. For a second. This is going to sound very corny, you know, a little bit corny. But I picture, I, like I'm picturing one of those, uh, like, cartoons that you see in a newspaper, you know, with political people in it or whatever. And I'm picturing uh, Dave greeting, you know, Moose up in heaven and handing him the sweater. I like that. Love that. That's not corny at all. And there it is. And there He's it on is. the white Fine. team, huh? Fine. It was. Did you have that cleaned? It looks very. I white. know that that is like <laughs> stunningly white. Um, it's been in a closet for who knows how long. I mean, it's in it's in fairly decent shape. But again, Arnie, yeah, that was uh, that's a great great thought. I think that uh, maybe that happened. Everybody, Brian, everybody. Fellas, ladies, yeah. so great seeing you. Again. Right, thank you for joining. Nice to see yeah. you, Arden. Here. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you for having organizing this. Bye-bye. Sure, thank you for joining. Bye-bye. Yeah. Well, Mr. Bender.
All right. I guess, uh, I guess this is it. Um, listen, man, uh, like you said, first, first ballot hall of famer, maybe, maybe the first guy in, you know, <laughs> and I feel for you. Cause like, uh, you know, you still have Swago, but you lose your best Swago mate and it's, uh, it's gotta be tough. So my heart goes out to you as, as well as Moose's family. Ed. We'll set a place for him at our Airbnb, Jake. So Alex, you can join us also. Working on it. All right, guys. <laughs> all right. Well, thank thank you all for joining. I'm sure Moose yeah. appreciates it. I know I do, and the, and the whole Swagos Patona community does. So uh yeah. wait, who's see, owner? I want to know who owner learn. is. No, we were we, we never got that figured out. I asked him to text who he was. I'm, maybe it's Tyler Rogers, which if it is, then he's gonna feel better about. Uh, the spirit of the place. So I'm, I'm glad it is him, if it is him. Oh, there we go. Nice. Farewell, my brothers and sisters. Peace and love. Bye-bye. Look forward to seeing you all in July. Absolutely.